Zambians have begun to tell their stories loudly. He says, Roxy, you're going to be one of the biggest. For putting you on radio, what name are you going to go with? I was like, Roxy. And he's like, that's a stripper name. <laughs> Hello, my name is Chilu Lemba. Welcome to another episode of Z Flashback. Roxy is a household name in Zambia. She is a radio presenter and of late she's been morphing into a lot more. And we're excited about that and it was good to get some insight into what she's becoming. Roxy is second generation in terms of entertainment. Her dad was famous in the 80s, a man known as Space Kid, a pioneering DJ in Zambia. And Roxy in her own right is a force to be reckoned with in entertainment and business in Zambia. Remember you can check out this episode on YouTube, search for Z Flashback. So without further ado, here ladies and gentlemen, is Roxy. Roxy, good to have me here. <laughs> sorry, 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 sorry. Okay. <laughs> Very funny. Okay. <laughs> no, good to have you here, Roxy. We've been looking forward to it. Thank you for having me. Here's where I want to start this, right? Mm-hmm. I've noticed, like, because uh, currently when people look at Roxy, you're many things. So you're a radio presenter, you're doing stuff in front of the screen, mm-hmm. you're a business executive, you're doing events, you're doing all these things, right? Yes, I am. But then... We see that and we, we're like, oh, there's another layer to her, there's another layer to her. But mm-hmm. if we dig back to a younger you, yes, I'm sure we'll find clues of these things that are manifesting now. So, like, say, for example, um, um, if you see a guy who looks so fit, mm-hmm. but previously maybe he wasn't so fit, usually if you dig back into their childhood, you find that they used to be on tr- doing track and field. Yeah, uh, B-Flow was on that chair that you're on. Mm-hmm. And we know him for his activism and all this stuff. But when we dug back into his youth, we found that he was part of the anti-AIDS club and all that. A head so, boy as well, I think. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So all yeah. that stuff. So with you, where are these things when, when there's a younger Roxy? What, what, what are some of the elements that we're seeing now in terms of your professional career that you might look back and say, okay, this, this is something that I used to do when I was, you know, 15 or whatever? Hmm. I think... The music aspect was always in me. Mm. You know, I was in the choir at school. Yeah, those are things people don't know about me. Actually, I forgot about that. Thank you for reminding me. (laughs) I was in the the choir. choir Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was in the choir at school. So one of the things that I guess was a bit naughty is that I would actually run away from some of my classes to go and sing, to go and practice my singing and everything. So initially, I wanted to be a musician. Wow. That was my initial dream. Yeah. Yes. And um, what what other? I'm trying to look for. Other... The event organize. Well, you know, I I, I don't want to say event organizing because what you're doing, for example, with uh, Zamin Man of the Year and mm-hmm. and the other event that you had, the women one, yeah. um, has a lot more skills that are, are required of you. So I'm just wondering, like, uh, there must be when you look back, some. I was a head girl at some point. So I was go. managing people at some point. I think when I was in grade six, seven, I was actually a head girl in okay. primary school. So. Yeah, I guess that's where um, that comes from. But also, my passion for entertainment has always been with me. So, um, I used to watch a lot of MTV Awards, the yeah. Grammys. I was the type that would wake up at 3 a.m. to yeah. literally watch. And I'm very, I pay zones. attention to detail. So, those are the things, I guess, that I picked up even just from watching. Hmm. Yeah, from watching. Now, in terms of entertainment, you're 
second generation you might even say no i'm third but <laughs> as far as i know you're second generation you know you're late dad there's yeah. some people that i know because uh maybe because of my age mm-hmm. uh who would be like uh, yeah you know roxy space kids uh you know child yeah and, this say child <laughs> and, and they know you like that so yeah. they, their knowledge of you is based on the proximity of your dad and his importance to the entertainment industry during that era yeah uh when you were growing up were you kind of aware of of your dad's position and has that kind of filtered um to you in any way or form um i was aware because my dad and i had a very open relationship mm. so even when he would go and play like in the club and there the times i'd be in the club he's playing and i'm dancing mm, <laughs> on mm, the dance mm. floor wow. that sort of thing so it's something that has always been um or i've always been exposed to um from the time that i was young you yeah. know, because even growing up, some of those people would actually call me Space Kid Junior. Oh, yeah. Yes, I was yeah, Space yeah. Kid Junior growing up. So I already knew of that side of him. Mm. So the influence um, of him, I think, was always there because also he would play a lot of music um, in the house uh, whilst we were growing up and all of that. And I think he saw it in me mm. way before. But he didn't like it oh. at all. My dad was, no. He said, no, you can't be in entertainment. He actually refused the first time. Was that based on his experiences? Yes, based and on being- his experience. I, I think um, with the way that um, entertainers back in the day were was, it, they never used to take it as seriously, like in terms of business. Hmm. For them, I think it was just do their work, go party, go enjoy the what they've made. Yeah. You know, I think that that's what it was back in the day. Um, luckily for us, we've we've sort of changed how we handle um, our entertainment careers, whereas we, we treat it as a business hmm. and we handle it in that manner. So I think for him, he thought if she gets into this space, she's going to lose it, you know. So yeah. he was very against it in the beginning, but he raised a stubborn child. So. <laughs> <laughs> now, and, and your journey has been a lot of hard work. We've seen that. And yeah. and a lot of the moves that you made have been, as far as we know, on your own, you pushing your own agenda and you rising like that. Yeah. The industry also has a lot of his his peers um, mm-hmm. who are now maybe like media owners and that kind of thing. D- did you get that uh, sense that maybe some of them were were kind of like big brotherly or uncle-y? <laughs> Is that word like uncle-y? Okay. Or am I making it up? I don't know. T- towards so. you, like, you know, try to look out uh, for you or in any sense or wasn't that the case? Um, I don't know if I should... Because by the time, like, let's say when I started at Phoenix... Um, yeah. Gesh had left you know mm. he wasn't there so yeah maybe when i'm like on the copper belt there'll be those things but i think we've never really worked in a space together if you yeah, get what i yeah. mean so there's never really been the opportunity for for him to be that big brotherly but when we meet and mm. he's, he is big brotherly yeah yeah but we've never really gotten to work together unfortunately and i hope that we do actually thinking yeah. about it now i hope that we do because um i missed the opportunity with my dad i used to say we're gonna do like one show together on radio yeah. and everything but we kept on just putting it off putting it off and eventually it never happened so yeah yeah so in fact this this for me is very exciting because I've been looking forward to something like this. Yeah, <laughs> I know yeah, I'm always yeah. the one interviewing you, but this no, is nice for a change. <laughs> so, speaking of interviewing, because uh, you know you've interviewed some big names, I'm very jealous of the Roger Federer one, for example. <laughs> yeah, uh, was that was that the highlight in terms of the people that you've um, 
who are extremely successful who mm. you've had the opportunity to be uh, in close proximity with like that you know what's weird is I'll I know people would expect me to say Roger Federer or Richard Branson because mm. I've interviewed those two but it it was Brian McKnight was a highlight for me because oh, really? I grew up listening to his music I know his songs word for word and when he came through it was a bit difficult to get him to actually do an interview like a personal interview with anybody but he agreed to me yeah. and that was huge for me when he said like you know what let me give you the interview and I was just in awe because I'm like I grew up listening to your songs, yeah, you know. I know yeah. your songs word for word. So that was huge for me. But I'm I still won't take away the highlight of being able to um interview people like Roger Federer and Richard Branson. Um I'll be honest with you, with Richard Branson I I wasn't I, I heard the hype. I sort of had an idea of who he was, yeah. but I don't think I understood the magnitude <laughs> at the, the time. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, because I was very young, and yeah, I was very young. But he's also not like you know. It's it's, it's interesting because when you when I look at him, mm-hmm. he's got a flamboyance about him. When you look at the curated things, yes. So when you see him, you know, hot air balloon or doing mm-hmm. press, mm-hmm. but in person, he just seems like he's a bit of a. Um, not a nervous guy, but he, he's not, you know what I mean? He's, not, he's not as, not a vibey. Uh, <laughs> exactly. I'd understand why, yeah. you know, Brian McKnight would be over him. Yeah. At first I thought, no, Roxy just doesn't like, uh, you know, these guys whose names start with R. Oh. So it's not Roger, it's not Richard. <laughs> <laughs> but no, Brian. no, no, but Brian, Brian was an excitement for me. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tell us about your journey in media. Now, I, I remember first being in contact with you. I think you were just moving to Phoenix. Yeah. Um, I can't remember where, where, which, which, you were at a different station before you moved. I was at Hot FM. You were at Hot FM. Yes, I was at Hot um, FM. How, how did your radio journey start, you know, at, at the beginning? Um, um, initially, I wanted to be on TV. And um, I worked for uh, Movie TV as an intern hmm. under um, Tintach Seko. The late um, Augustine Lungo actually put me on. Oh, wow. Yes. Uh, I've always been, um, I don't know, what's the word for it? I, I know how to force my way into into spaces. <laughs> into spaces. Because yeah. I'm pretty sure even with you, I was just like, Hi, Chilulamba, how are you? <laughs> I want to interview you. And I'm sure you're just like, this little girl. But I've always been that. Bullish. Yes, I've always been bullish. I've yeah. always been. So even with him, I just picked up the phone. And I'm like, oh, my name is Chanda. I w- I'm at Zamcom. Mm. I want to come for, I want to come and intern at Movie TV. And then um, when you're studying journalism, you're, you're supposed to go straight to the newsroom. It's yeah. no rules asked. Like, that's the rule everywhere. Every um, single college, you start with the newsroom because that's where you have to learn hmm. the ropes first. I refused. Really? <laughs> yes. Because I wanted TV. So I yeah. said, please, 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 could you put me um, on TV? And luckily, um, at the time, Tinta Chisekwa, I think she was, she was pregnant, so she needed extra help. Hmm. They needed extra help, actually, because I think both presenters at the time were pregnant. So they needed extra help. So that's how I was lucky enough to join um, the TV side of things rather than the newsroom. And um, they were kind enough to teach me and to sort of get me in the ropes of everything. Um, Unfortunately, my internship came to an end and I had to go back to school to finish. Um, And then when it was time to now get into like employment for real, um, those people were not there anymore. So yeah. it was hard to get back in. And I didn't want radio because I felt like everyone was always, I was always going to be Space Kid's daughter in oh. radio. Yes, yeah. because of the DJ aspect of things. So I didn't want that. But then um, someone connected me to Chepa, 
Kachapa yeah. Mtumbi, he's the one who put me on. Oh, wow. Yeah, he's the one who put me on. He um, first gave me this, um, this show that where I used to narrate. I've actually forgotten it, but I used to narrate. It, it was a diary of sorts. Okay. Someone's diary. I've forgotten her name. So I was, oh, Tandiwe's diary, actually. So I was Tandiwe. Oh. And I would narrate. He would write and I would narrate. And then from there, I was um, put on a Saturday show alongside Gary. Yeah, we were doing Z6 to 6. I yeah. think we had part 2. Was it part 2, part 1? No, we had Planet, Planet Z, actually. Mm. Planet Z is what we had. Okay. Yeah, on Saturdays. So I was doing the morning, the, the mid-morning show um, with him. And I was at Hot FM for about a year. And then Phoenix happened. And then, yes, I left Hot FM and then Phoenix happened and then they put me back on Graveyard. But I was just always excited to be on radio. Like, that yeah. was, like, my thing. I was so, so excited. No matter what time they gave me, I was just happy to be there because it was such a huge opportunity. And then um, I started climbing. Mm -hmm. The Z Flashback audience generally knows Graveyard. But there's that one guy. <laughs> <laughs> what? What is Graveyard? She was on she was on, exactly. <laughs> That's true. Cemetery. That's true. Okay, so to break it down, graveyard is actually the shift they give you when you're new, and that's yeah, at night. Yeah, yeah. so that's Normally why like it's called midnight to something. Yes, midnight to like five a.m. So that's generally like that's what graveyard is. So yeah, if you're sorry, in radio, yeah. you understand yeah, yeah. what it is to climb from graveyard to um, prime time. Mm, you understand mm. that, you know. So yeah. Okay, I'm leading up to. Your your stay at Phoenix, I think, mm. has been predominantly iconic, partly mm. because of uh, your chemistry and and with with Lucci. Yes, and yes. that's been you know uh, ongoing for a number of years. You know, till recently, mm -hmm. uh, and you still connect. You know, like I, I know you 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 off and on doing the podcast. Yeah, but what do you think? are the ingredients that make up that chemistry, you know, because mm. both of you guys have uh, very, um, very, very broad and, and sometimes very detailed views on subjects, yeah. you know, very opinionated mm -hmm. and, and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. But what do you think are the ingredients that make that, that duo work? Um, I think from the get go, we had the same values and beliefs. I think that that's what helped us for the most part. We have the same values and beliefs. And then we were friends. Mm. And then we just knew when to pick up for the other. You know, like even when we're, how do I put it? We knew when it was the right time to punch. Uh. Whether it was with getting the audience angry mm. or getting them to take a side or getting them to laugh with us or getting them to cry with us. We both knew where to pick up from. So like if I say something, he knew to disagree, to get the audience to be yeah. in that space. When he says something, I knew to agree or to disagree, hmm. you know, to get the audience to be in that space. So I think that that was um, our chemistry. We just hmm. knew where to pick up from each other. And then, like you said, we're very bold. Yeah. Both of us were very bold about, even with the politicians, you know, yeah, <laughs> we yeah. would get calls after like, you two talk too much. I can't you see my down? I think at some point we were even called into parliament to go and apologize at some point. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, but we didn't go. We, we managed to sort it out before we had to go to parliament. But yeah. Head girl, which school? Uh, Machinga Primary School. And, and in terms of growing up, which towns? Uh, where, where's Machinga? 
It's in Osaka. Oh, okay. Yes, okay. I did my grade six and grade seven here. Yeah. But my primary school, I started in Dola, Dola Modern High School. You know, it's, it's funny. My sister used to be at uh, oh. Modern High School. Oh, okay. My younger sister, Sefo. We used to live in Dola. Oh, okay. Yeah. I didn't know that. I always thought you were from Kitwe. Really? Yes. I don't know why. In my whole life, I think that. I've spent like two minutes in Kitwe. Are you for real? <laughs> okay, no longer than two minutes. Oh, but, okay. but Kitwe is the, 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 the city that I know the least. Oh. I uh, lived in Dola for a number of years. Mm-hmm. Um, Livingston, that's my backyard, Lusaka. Mm-hmm. But not necessarily, you know, um, uh, Kitwe. No, Kitwe. Oh, okay. they, they, for a very short time. I see. So, being at Phoenix... Mm-hmm. This is this is what happens with with radio. Radio opens a lot of doors, especially when you're doing interview type stuff. Yes. So the one example of a person who has, um, in, in a similar sense, used the platform of being on radio to network and start growing the other pockets of their life is a guy called um, his name slips my mind, but he owns Power FM in South Africa. And he owns a number of agencies. Mm-hmm. But he used to be, when, when he started out, funnily enough, um, I used to hear of him from Moses and uh, Asa Nyama. Because mm-hmm. at the time, he was doing Graveyard on okay. Kai FM. Mm-hmm. From Graveyard, he graduated. And then he started doing a, a show in on the afternoon on Metro FM, mm-hmm. where he was interviewing politicians and movers and shakers. Given Kari is his name. Right? It's, ah, come, it's okay. come back here. And... and from there, based on those conversations and based on obviously his um, uh, drive and, and his knowledge of the media, he started building his empire. But we cannot question that, you know, the, the time that he was doing those discussions, those interviews, yeah. those led to uh, opportunities. Mm-hmm. Did you find a similar situation with you? Because um, with, with the shows that you were doing, your network expands because yeah. of uh, how, who you're dealing with, uh, mm-hmm. who you're interviewing, who you're having conversations with. Is that also something that uh, you could say happened in your journey? Yes, definitely. I mean, we being put on breakfast show, which initially I did not want to do at all. Yeah. yeah, I did not want to do because breakfast. of waking up early. No, just... because of the politics, oh, current okay. affairs. I was this young. <laughs> I was young. <laughs> I was young and being thrown into the deep end. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. My my passion was entertainment. My passion was entertainers, the musicians. Um, I don't know if you recall, but I used to have this show called The Hangout, mm-hmm. and I used mm. to um interview um entertainers i think that's where i actually yeah that's where you interviewed me yeah exactly so uh, when our our um new partners at phoenix uh, from yarona fm came and took over and they said you would be good for breakfast i was like no i don't want to do it Hmm. and he and and owen at the time he says roxy five years from now you told me this is going to change your life you're going to be one of the biggest females um, in radio he was prophesying oh. he literally said it <laughs> and I was still like ah no <laughs> this is it's too much you know so I was mm. thrown into the deep end of things in terms of um, breakfast with the current affairs and dealing with politicians because you know those guys can be bullies mm, you know mm, mm. but I guess my bullish side helped <laughs> yeah, yeah yes because I was able to sort of um, still stand up to to people hmm. you know because i remember even when we started the breakfast show a lot of the men were not on about me having an opinion oh so it's almost like they they were they want, you like you were eye candy or you it's know. like no it, it's like keep quiet the man is talking oh man that's what it was that's what i had to overcome that at the beginning 
you know but the moment i started to give my voice which is back to your your question when i started to give my voice i think is when people started to pay attention and then i started to now network and actually talk to people and get to know people and i still believe in introducing myself so three quarters of the time when we'd be invited somewhere or whatever like i said hi i'm roxy yeah i want to do this do you have any opportunities what would what, what that that was me i was always the type that um introduces myself and i go to people and i'm like i would like an opportunity if there's anything that i can do um please do call you know hmm. and obviously some t- it, it wouldn't come there and then but eventually it started to come so yes being on radio and being on a show like the breakfast show really has helped in terms of the network that has helped me um grow in the different um spheres i'm trying to grow how do you also figure out because your branding is is pretty strong i mean uh, mm-hmm. there was even a discussion just before you walked in <laughs> oh, she got this wikipedia page and you know so <laughs> so your yeah. branding is pretty strong and 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 so how important does that play into uh, what you're doing and also mm-hmm. roxy mm-hmm. the name what what is the genesis the genesis is <laughs> the genesis is i liked the name so when Chepa asked me, he says, um, we're putting you on radio. What name are you going to go with? Hmm. I was like, Roxy. And he's like, that's a stripper name. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, well, I like it. So I'm still going to go with it. <laughs> and yeah, I, it stuck. And now even my, my uncles, my family, everybody, they don't yeah. even call me Chanda anymore. Like even yeah, at the every, family every functions. It, it, it takes me a while to think <laughs> when somebody says, no, you're, you're, ch- you're going to be uh, chatting with Chanda. Chanda. Oh, Roxy. Chanda. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So now everyone just calls me Roxy. Yeah, Jones. <laughs> Jones is, I come from a very theatrical family hmm. all right so me and my cousins we thought we were going to be the kardashians ah. we had our own the jones reality show we have these home videos somewhere stashed somewhere and we would play out our yeah. reality thing so i was roxy jones there's val jones somewhere in the family there's sheila jones uh phil jones uh, yeah wow so we we thought we were going to be Okay, the we, can, we can get rich finding yeah. those tapes. <laughs> that, that can be our show. We're trying to do a whole reality thing so that yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, now you 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 there's this era of yours which um I've noticed the past um I'd, I'd say probably what three, four years? Because that's mm-hmm. when I've I've noticed it. So mm-hmm. it might even be longer. Mm-hmm. Where now you're putting together um who you're involved in putting together these events, which are brands that stand alone. Um, yeah. So, you know, Zamin Man of the Year. Before that, I forget the the one where, where you had the women. The women's uh, summit. The, the women's summit. Power. Sorry, yeah. Women's and those summit. are a lot of hard work to put together because, I mean, like when we had the, the Lusaka Radio Summit, which mm. we did for a number of years, mm-hmm. the amount of work that goes into there from securing guests, from getting people to believe in the vision for sponsorship, from getting flights and, and accommodation partners and all mm-hmm. those things, mm-hmm. it's not an easy task. You no, know, it's, it's the kind of thing where at some point you think, ah, do we really need to do this? Let's, let's throw in the let's, towel. Yeah. Yeah. How, how how did that come about, like, you know, um, in terms of the, the women's uh, event that you did? Because that was the first one, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And and then what are the kind of... Um, we, we obviously know the successes because we see the results when we see the, the events play out. But what are some of the challenges that you face doing such? Uh, and also, I'm going to ask you about your support system. 
So that's three questions. My support system is next to you. Yeah. <laughs> both of them, that. actually. <laughs> both I'm, I'm of seeing, them. I'm being, I'm being observed here. Like there's a lot of a lot of eyes on me on these questions. <laughs> both of them. Yeah. Um, so when I was when I just started radio, hmm. I think maybe two three years into it, I was doing a show called The Hangout. Yeah. I had this The Hangout open mic sessions. It's funny. I actually forgot about them all these years. Until mm. someone asked to say, do you have a background in events? At first I was like, no, I don't. Then it came to me, I was like, yo, you used to do these open mic sessions. Oh, so the open mic sessions were live? Yes. Well, oh. I would actually have them at Polo Grill and at News Cafe. Ah. Yes. Yeah, so some of these like Wesley and then when they were just starting out, actually yeah. started there at the Hangout open mic session. Okay. Yes. Yeah, so the Wesleys, the who else? Ariel, right? Who else was there? Did you, did you come once? No? Because he used to be a rapper. I don't know if you know yeah, that. Yeah, no, 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 I've listened to the EP. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. He's so, off camera. We're talking about... Yeah, FJ yeah. as well. Okay. Yes, FJ. So when they were all starting out, I had this open mic session. Um, would get. I really wanted to showcase um, Zambian talent like that. And I think that has always been me. I'm always trying to showcase hmm. Zambians and what they can do. And that's where my passion for interviewing and all of that... Um, comes from so i don't know if i should start with the women's summit or the man of the year awards um which, which one which one uh, is fresher in your memory right now well both um but the the man of the year awards means more to me hmm. and i don't know if that sounds right <laughs> because, because you're crossing gender like uh, you know Not I'm, I'm this, this one for the men means more to me than the one for the women <laughs> no 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 that's hmm. not it um i had a show called man of the week i don't know if you you featured on man of the week remember i interviewed you twice in yeah, my life yeah, yeah. so the first time was on the hangout hmm. and then the second time was man of the week and in man of the week my hope was to showcase the Zambian story of men who are um, doing successful things in their lives. Mm. And I felt like it's only, I think, the, the, the recent three years that Zambians have begun to tell their stories loudly. Yeah. Before that, people were very um, modest, you know, very humble, very... Because mm. I, like, I feel society. like Zambians misuse this whole humble thing. Yeah, yeah. That's a conversation. If you get you elected <laughs> to the highest office. <laughs> Being humble, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But then I just felt like there was a gap in Zambian stories being told. We had mm. all these people who are doing amazing things. I mean, look at yourself. This is not me just trying to make you feel nice mm. or whatever. Mm. But like you're in South Africa, you're representing Zambia. You've been doing amazing things. You voiced for Mnet. You voiced for um, 2010 um, World mm. Cup. Mm. That's huge. But yeah. in your own country, they're not going to look at it like that. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. You know? And I just <laughs> felt like these are huge stories. People yeah. need to yeah. know that people are doing big things. They're doing amazing things. And so mm. I started Man of the Week. And in Man of the Week, I wanted to start the Man of the Year Awards. And that was in 2017. Oh, wow. There's actually a page, the Zambian Man of the Year Awards, in 2017. Oh. But I wasn't brave enough to see it through yeah. at the time. Yes, I wasn't brave enough, confident enough. And I just feel like maybe also wasn't the right time. Mm. You know, I was still growing. Um, and I think that I hadn't yet started to network at a more business level. Mm. You know, so obviously walking into some of those rooms, I think people would have just been like, yeah, this DJ, mm. <laughs> you, mm. you get how it is. But um, 
I think eventually, um, after the Women's Summit, I felt like, I think I can finally do this. You know, I've created a name enough. I've, I, I understand the stories enough. And I've done events. I had done the Women's Summit. So I think coming from there, um, it was going to be easier for me to be able to tackle that. But it was hard to get people to believe in. Yeah. Because I'm like, Zambian Man of the Year wasn't like, what's that? Mm. Why the men? <laughs> how is this even going to work you know that sort of thing yeah. um i had people i had approached some even backed out like midway and things like that as in sponsors not or? sponsors but it's an award show you want yeah. people who can give you insight into how to sort of pick nominees yes into even just giving the awards um credibility yeah. and things like that so that was very hard to get at the beginning i mean obviously um we were able to write to some governing bodies mm. to uh participate and give us names which some did you know because like oh this is actually a good thing others are like ah what is this yeah you know um but i'm a never say die girl <laughs> when yeah, i want yeah. something and i push for it i ensure that actually it gets done so i was going to do it regardless of how people felt about it because even with the nominations some some even some of the nominees are like please get me off the list what is this i don't understand this yes i don't understand this wow. but i still went ahead and i did it it was hard i won't lie um i did it and it turned out to be very successful yeah like very like what i didn't even expect it to be you mm. know and then now moving to the second one um we have a lot more people believing in it um our sponsors also have uh, grown as well um mm. in terms of the numbers of those that came on board um and we have people who actually want to be a part of it in terms of even being um like giving it the credibility so yeah. we actually now have put together an advisory board now that's supposed to um help in getting um the names together so we have mm. people like phil daka who is the chairperson for um tobacco border zambia we have um we have uh matimba joseph matimba who is the vice president for zika yeah um we also have dr brenda um she's part of um the Football Association of Zambia. She sits uh, on the board of that, as well as I think she works with CAF as well. Mm. Um, yeah, and then there's myself as well on that. So we sit together and obviously we'll, we'll be able to, to do better, you know, and also to just have different fields of people coming together to help in the selection process. But yeah, I think that it was it was high time that we started to celebrate Zambian men because we have a lot of men in positions who are helping and pushing the industry yeah. um, or the economy of this country, you know, but with, without a pat on the back because obviously men have been villainized. Hmm. But men do good things as well. You know, yeah. men are working. We're good, man. Exactly. We're not dogs. <laughs> exactly. Hey, remove that hashtag. <laughs> exactly. Men are good people. <laughs> no, no. I think it's a commendable thing that, yeah. that you're doing. And, and, you know, like every year uh, we, we've had two so far. Mm -hmm. I, I can see that it's going to grow 
and it's mm. going to be bigger as, as you go on. And How, the men love it. I like that they actually love it. They're like, oh, yeah. okay. they get to dress up. I mean, we're, we're Trevor Mumba here. He won uh, international, international man of the year. Yes, and he's like, he's like so. It's almost like a, a, a lease of life injected, you know, based on on wins of things of that sort. So I think yeah. it's encouraging to to you know. Uh, be even even if you're nominated it's it's mm-hmm. a big thing mm-hmm. how don't you get overwhelmed because you you there's there's the broxy brand there's the man of the year mm-hmm. your mom there's all these things going uh how do you you know bullet past moments where you feel overwhelmed to be honest i have been feeling overwhelmed the past um two three months we've mm. been discussing it with with my assistant emma. emma and you're good <laughs> <laughs> we've been we've been talking about it we noticed that the roxy brand has suffered mm. because of 808 like i because when i put my heart into something i'm laser focused like okay yeah. you know and then you find that the roxy brand that everybody knows and that i think is even what anchors 808 Oh, is yeah, suffering yeah. because yeah. people know 808 because of Roxy. Yeah. You know, but if Roxy's not doing too well, then it's a bit difficult also to pour into 808. Is, but yeah. my plan was to give 808 foundation, which is why I had to put my back into it in ensuring yeah. that it gets off the ground and gets the um, value or mm. the foundation, the kind of foundation that it deserves. And now I feel like I can even sort of step back a little and yeah. focus on Roxy because I felt like, okay, the Roxy brand. And I also think that it's been a bit confusing for people mm. in terms of when I started out, I was full-blown entertainment. You know, the Roxy brand was full-blown entertainment. It was, she's a DJ, she was, or she's a radio presenter. She plays music, mm. you know, she's about lifestyle and things like that. And then people have known me that way all this time and then now i'm like um actually i'm the ceo of 808 mm. i'm doing this thing that's huge so now i think my fans are like a little confused like okay you know but mm. I, I think i've been slowly trying to marinate them into this version yeah. of me that is is still roxy the presenter still roxy the mc the host but roxy that's also trying to grow a yeah. business as well i think at the end of the day that's you might be thinking of it that way but mm-hmm. i I, th- I think people start to distill and understand uh as you go what's what's going on yeah uh, especially you know th- these things have have to have you pushing them in a sense so mm-hmm. even even with what we're doing right now you know there's some people who are still going to refer to the radio summit as a as a me thing or, yeah. or z flashback as a me thing but it's a, it's a team effort so mm-hmm. you, you you're gonna you're gonna be here you're gonna be there uh but at the end of the day i think what's important is progress and yeah um your brand as strong as it is is the catalyst and is what pushes it mm. but i think at the end of the day people will kind of you know understand and just appreciate that you are part of the movement and and, mm-hmm. and pushing an agenda that's uh, making society better in a sense so you know salute and kudos to that so don't Thank don't you. don't don't beat yourself up more beat yourself up only when you're patting yourself on the back yeah i guess it just gets overwhelming but yeah, yeah i mean this branding thing you did ask earlier about about branding yeah you know, which yeah. i didn't answer because i sort of digressed mm. but um i think with branding i've always also been very meticulous in what i want and picky okay. i'm yeah. i'm the sort of person who actually says no i don't agree to everything that's thrown at me you mm. know because i know that in zambia in trying to be a brand people think that you have to be loud which means that you have to be on everything literally and for me that's not how it works i'm very picky 
about what I want to do, who I want to associate with, what brands I want to align with, mm. so that the Roxy brand is always how I envision it yeah. to be. Yeah. yeah. That's brilliant. Yeah. Right, Mr. Lever has a question. <laughs> Passing on the mic. Okay. <laughs> I'm scared of oh, because you know me, but he does. So now I'm I'm, I'm more scared. Okay, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. So um, let's start this off on an easy note. Okay. Um, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, moving into um let's say you're you've, you've spoken a lot about branding for instance right mm -hmm. and uh just a little bit of background about me and where my question is coming from i'm like an a graphic designer okay. like an art director now and oh, and yeah like and branding is is like the foundation of everything that i do mm -hmm. in a way and even the clients that i work with and the projects i touch and you just mentioned a moment ago that in zambia it's like uh, you have to be loud for your brand <laughs> to be either seen or heard. Yeah. And you sort of go the opposite way mm -hmm. in, in doing so. So could you just maybe highlight how your your thinking process is on maybe not being loud, mm -hmm. but being relevant and impactful in how your brands are positioned and how you execute? I feel like I'm even confused with the question. <laughs> But okay, in, in short, how do you how do you execute your brand mm -hmm. in a meaningful way that's not loud like the way most Zambian brands do? Okay, well, <laughs> maybe we need to take out the loud. Maybe that mm. was just me trying to put context, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, I'm still loud, but I like to align with what yeah. is Roxy, right? Um, I'll give you this example. I don't think people think Roxy can wash. I can wash, <laughs> but I'm saying the way people view me. Mm -hmm. So it means if if a washing powder came mm -hmm. to me and said, Roxy, can you push this? Even if the money is good, I'm going to say no, because I... Smell wash. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I don't... Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I don't... <laughs> but Samsung came with a dual action... Exactly. Uh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so I think that if so you... So that's authenticity. That's, yes, that's, that's, exactly. That's what I like seeing. to yeah. be authentic yeah. and I also like to... to keep my brand the way I want people to receive it. Mm -hmm. I just don't want them to just get... just because they've seen that, okay, we saw her, she's doing this. Now she's with the washing powder. Next she's with the Mahel. Then she's with the Samsung. Then she's with... you mm -hmm, know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So there's a way that the brand is that I feel... if people know your brand as this... I think it can be a bit confusing to people if you if you're on everything. Preach, preach. Come I on, think. Come I, on, come on. I think. No, I don't it's know. True. It might, it might true. be. I mean, it works in Zambia for some reason. People are on everything, yeah. and it works. But um, I do believe that there's a way that people view you as a brand, and so there are certain things they will always align you with, and there are certain things that they will question, and they'll say, "Okay, are you sure this is where? Like, what's happening here?" yeah and 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 you know just i think maybe you're also selling yourself short mm. what you are doing there is uh like i said earlier authenticity mm. and also uh, like you've also said again alignment which yeah. are some of the foundations of branding because like you've said a lot of people switch from this 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 it's like you become a contemporary for mm. <laughs> being these things but yeah. in reality you pick the projects that suit you what mm. people know you for and mm -hmm. hence your authenticity and even your marketability on those few things mm -hmm. 
mm-hmm. actually even make you more credible yeah. than someone who does other things. So yeah, kudos to you for that. Then um, another thing we noticed while just doing a little bit of some research on you is um, you recently did some stuff with, uh, I don't know if I'm allowed to say the names, but uh, was it uh, the Zambia airports? Um, oh. Pick and pay, mm-hmm. and a few others. Mm-hmm. So, how did you align yourself with those particular brands? Because they're like well-known, established brands in Zambia, and the fact that they chose you also speaks volume. So, mm-hmm. how did you get yourself in a position to work with them? And how is it that you are able to execute that on your social media platforms? Mm-hmm. Okay, I think the process is networking. Firstly, I mean, um, like I said, I'm picky. So mm-hmm. even with networking, I network with the people I hope to work with um, someday, you mm-hmm. know. So I've had um, the pleasure or the honor of having Zambia Airports um, support my events. So they actually do um, come through to the Women's Summit mm-hmm. and the Men's Awards as as well. Yes. So they've, they've supported in that regard. And so um, when when they actually called to, they, they, they sent a gift for, for, for the festive period. So when they called, they actually said, we're sending it to you as 808 and not even as, ah, as, as Roxy. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So that actually made me feel like, wow, we're doing it. Hey, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it made me feel like, wow, we're doing it. But um, in terms of the other brands that you've talked about, like uh, Pick and Pay, um, I've had a relationship with Pick and Pay, I think for, I think for the past three years or so. And they approached me and the person that handles that knows, they even know it's okay. I've had media agencies that actually say, uh, Roxy, this one, she's going to say no. <laughs> like this one, she's going to say no, she's not going to do it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, whereas um, with other people, I guess they might do it. So I think networking and uh, again, aligning. You mm-hmm. network with what you want to, to do. Yeah. to do and also um, if you present yourself in a in a manner that is attractive to those types of brands then i guess they will come to you yeah facts, facts. <laughs> you're like a walking bible of like branding and i don't think you realize it but like the stuff you're speaking is uh-huh. stuff that i read in books okay. stuff that okay. like gurus on the u.s like constantly okay preach. that's that's making me feel some type of way okay. you know? and, <laughs> i don't and, speak much people have been complaining that i i should speak more because yeah. apparently i have this experience so you i should, should speak should more panels. right should. yeah, yeah i should speak more <laughs> and and finally on on my end to to, to close off my, my section is mm-hmm. you mentioned that earlier that there was so much uh, that you wanted to do and that you faced a few challenges that maybe didn't allow you to who like to follow through mm-hmm. on certain ideas and things that you wanted to do. So how did were you able to overcome that space in your mind of pulling through and overcoming like those self-doubts that mm. you had when you were younger? Um, I think the process of my career has allowed me to learn uh, patience and timing. Yeah, so... I've always been very ambitious. So there's certain things I wanted to do even when I just started radio. Me, I thought, ah, me, I need to be there. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. I've always been ambitious like that. Yeah. But I wasn't ready. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I've said this in, in, in another interview as well that sometimes you're not ready for what you're asking God for, you yeah. know, because you, you haven't gained the experience. Like, let's say um, I always wanted to be an MC to host events right like as an mc but i never used to get hired and i was so good at leaning on luchi 
during the shows. So I didn't know how to be by myself. Mm-hmm. So when we moved, when we were moved from the breakfast show, I really thought it was a bad thing because I mean, we were at the height of radio, but I think that was God now teaching me to stand on my own, you know, and mm-hmm. I learned, I finally learned how to host by myself. And when I learned how to host by myself is when the emceeing gigs now started coming. That's when people started calling me and saying, oh, we want you to come through. You know what I mean? When I was on breakfast, I thought I deserved it then because I, w- I was a big name. Yeah. But I didn't because I don't think that I knew how to hold a stage by myself. Yes. And so I needed mm-hmm. to be by myself to learn how to do that. So I think patience, timing and understanding and preparation. You know, the whole idea for where you want to go is to prepare. You mm-hmm. can't say I'm going to do the Man of the Year Awards and you haven't had the journey to prepare, to teach you um, the networking, to teach you the planning of the events, to teach you the emceeing. I come from the entertainment industry. So putting an event like that, I have experienced different spheres of the event. Mm-hmm. I've experienced the hosting, the emceeing, so I know what kind of feel I want in terms of my MCs. You know, mm-hmm. I've, I've experienced voiceovers and all of that. So I know the voice I want mm-hmm. <laughs> in terms of the nominees, like yes. when the voice is in the background mm-hmm. and all of that, mm-hmm. you know, um, even just attending events. So I know, you know what I yes. mean? So I think preparation is is what gets you to where you want to go. But you have to have patience as well. And also just be a go-getter. Be patient, but don't let the moment pass. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like how Chulu's looking at me well, and well, like well, he's well, older well, and wiser, but he's like, yes, Roxy. <laughs> older and wiser. Yeah. <laughs> like <it's right>. <laughs> no, I'm learning and I'm, and I'm uh, fascinated by, by by these things, Levi. And say, for example, there's an award show that I do voice for um, mm-hmm. in South Africa. I, I haven't done it in a couple of years. Not not since COVID. Yeah. But the person that organizes it, mm-hmm. initially they used to have different MCs doing it. Mm-hmm. And then they started MCing it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a lot of work. I can see the, the amount of stress because they, they're pulling in more roles, um, you know, as opposed to how I'm seeing you do this. Now I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm dating this. This is 2023, you know. Uh-huh. So 2024, you might see Roxy hosting the Man of the Year Awards. So I'm just saying it might be different later yeah. on. But the way you're doing it now, I think is, is pretty cool because um, a lot of the, the times when I see the publicity regarding the Zamin Man of the Year Awards, even if you can voice it, even mm-hmm. if you can MC it, mm-hmm. there's an, an, an event MC announcement which you put out yeah. where you're empowering other people to play those roles and stuff so that you are uh, involved more in the structure and the, 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 the what do you call it? The backbone of the show, yeah. you know, which yeah. I think is admirable. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, we, we're coming to a close, Miss Roxy. Mm-hmm. What, and I've been asking this question to, to a number of people, yeah. If you were to speak to a younger Roxy, a younger Chanda, mm. <laughs> pre-Roxy, <laughs> mm-hmm. and give that person advice like, okay, you're about to embark on this journey, look out for this, look out for that. What kind of words are you speaking to a younger you? Hmm. I don't know. I think I'll probably just say go for it. Because I've always been one of those sure people. I know what I want. I know that I'm going to get it. I just don't know the how, Mm. but I have this sureness about me 
which is what I hope other people, I guess, can try and be about themselves. I think that's the advice that I would give other people mm. because I think we tend to doubt ourselves. And also uh, we allow people to instill doubt in us, you know. Um, let's say, for example, when I said, oh, I'm bringing in Connie Ferguson. Yeah. And if I told people and they said, how? I mean, of which, of which that's what happened. You know what I mean? Mm. But I've always been very sure about myself. When I say I'm going to do something, I do it. Regardless of what anybody tells me, what kind of advice or whatnot. So to myself, to my younger self, I think I'll just say go for it. Because I think that even when I was younger, I always knew and I always took the steps to go for what I wanted to go for. Yeah. Yeah, and I won't lie and say that along the way, in, in growing, you know, when you when you grow, you become more careful. Mm. So you now start allowing the naysayers to to get in. When you're younger, the naysayers don't really get to you like that. I think because you're in this there's this bubble you are when you're younger. You just you can't tell me anything. You mm. know what I mean? Mm. But then life throws you all these ridges and then you start to see like, yo, okay, maybe this can't be done, yeah. you know? But I think to other people, I would say always be sure about yourself and don't allow the outside noise to derail you from the things that you want to do. Yeah. If you know me well, you know that when I say last question, there's always another. <laughs> there's a last, last. <laughs> Okay, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. <laughs> you can see, Carol, that, that's you. Here's the last last. Mm -hmm. So when you spoke of your dad at the beginning, you said that he was skeptical about you going into the industry. Yeah. Um, and at the time, I think based on his era mm. and based on the examples during his era, mm. um, the examples kind of maybe had set a precedent that the expectation is a, a and B, right? Exactly. Now you're second generation and you've, uh, you're have part of the people that are expanding the expectation because you're doing more things you're you're having the business side of it planted into what you're doing there's a corporate aspect there's all these things it's like a it's it's, it's a different complete different beast yeah. to to when our parents were dealing in this industry mm -hmm. is there going to be a third generation you know when you look at your son is are you going to be welcoming to him if he decides that he's going to enter this space or do you have other plans for you know of course I'm going to be like, yes, you can do it. Because, I mean, he's my son. Mm. He has my traits. <laughs> he's my son. He has the roxiness in him. He has that feistiness. You know, the same that I got from my dad. You know, um, God rest his soul. But as much as my dad actually said, no, you can't do this. Mm. When I said I was still going to do it. He supported it. He supported My dad used to listen to my graveyard shifts. Like, mm. I'll always be grateful for that. Because even when I thought no one was listening, my dad was up listening and my dad I, I think one of the reasons i'm very sure of myself is because my dad has always told me that i can do it you know i can i can be anything and everything that i ever want to be i would tell my dad this is what i'm doing and he would say does it make you happy he would never question as to how is it going to work or what you know like there was never that moment of but we will this work or how this, you know what I mean? So I think that that also has helped in, in, in him um, raising a daughter that is as confident as I am. Because I, I actually used to get this uh, in my younger Roxy days. Is, You're too confident. <laughs> like it's a bad thing, you know? Yeah. Like it's a bad thing. But I think that that's what has pushed me to be able to go for the things that even people feel 
I shouldn't be getting. You know, people ask me, but how did you convince Connie Ferguson to come? Hmm. I spoke to her and I said, I'd like you to come. <laughs> That's what yeah. happened. You know what I mean? I believed that I could do it and it happened, you know? So, um, I think my son, I mean, I, I can see certain traits about him already that are, he knows who he is. Hmm. He knows what he wants. I see that in him, that he, you can't tell my son to do something he doesn't want to do. Yeah. Yes. So I do believe that, though I think he might be sporty. I don't know about the, he might be sporty. It's very possible he might be a sporty person. So we'll see. But he loves music. He loves Fireboy. Um, every yeah. time the the fireboy comes on, he's just he's quiet and he's in awe and everything. So I'm interested to see um, if he'll take on the the space kid yeah, side of things yeah. or the Roxy side of things. Or um, I mean, whatever it is he decides to do, I know that he will um, definitely thrive and be successful in it. Whichever way things pan out, your yeah. your son, my daughters, they'll when they kind of uh, get into the position that we're in, their era will be very different. Yeah. Uh, they'll have different tools at their disposal. Mm-hmm. The the economy in within whatever industry they'll be dealing with, I think will be bigger. You know, they'll probably have more success. Fingers crossed, more yes. success than us. <laughs> Here's the, while Levi was uh, talking about, um, asking you that question, and you also talking about having a certain standard which is reflective of your brand. Mm-hmm. I remember when I was emceeing, Mm-hmm. People used to kind of uh, accept that I'm 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 emceeing, but like at you know with punchlines at an intellectual level and that kind of thing. Yeah. Whereas now I'm seeing wedding MCs dancing. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's, yes. That's, that's why what I don't do. MC weddings. You know, I've been asked to MC weddings. Really? I did go one. And do the do the boogie. I refused. I said no. <laughs> I said, no, I don't MC weddings. <laughs> and this couple was like, no, we really, really, really want you yeah, to come yeah, and MC yeah. because we, we, we want the sort of just run through yeah. and everything. I'm gonna, I'm gonna Do you know what I up? got? What did you get? Yo, the aunties came. Yeah, yeah. M- that, that's the same. Mukashana. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, oh. <laughs> that always happens. That's what I got. Yeah. And from that time, yeah. I said, I'm family. not even going to, to do it. <laughs> <laughs> so from that time, I said, me and weddings, I'm yeah. sticking to what I said before. I do yeah. not MC weddings. Yeah, but, but yeah. The, the long and short of it, and I'm, I know I'm going to get WhatsApp messages after this from, from <laughs> MCs who dance. Like, what's wrong? Yes, what's wrong with yes exactly. No, but I think you should just kind of, you know, people should realize that there's a standard which you should set which is comfortable for yourself exactly and that standard should should permeate through all you do mm-hmm. so you know when when i'm on stage at, at whatever event you will not see me you know <laughs> <laughs> with the dancing and everything <laughs> i don't yeah. do it on tiktok i won't do it on weddings mm-hmm. roxy thank you so much for coming through thank you so much we for salute you me. we are honored to have had you here and we wish you all the success in all your endeavors thank 808 you so much. roxy man of and everything everything, and everything. thank you so much salute yeah thank you for having me